Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into a Monday edition of Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins alongside Pat Oni. You know the drill by now. Follow us on social media. I'm at the Coppin Show. He's at the Pat Oni Show. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And of course, wherever you get your podcast, hopefully you completed your homework assignment over the weekend, you know, telling one person about the show and then making sure that they've downloaded the podcast and hit subscribe or that they subscribe to the Rumble page, which whichever one that you wanted them to do. Hopefully you've completed that task. But if not, we'll extend, we'll give you an extension. We'll give you an extension of one week. You have one week to do to do that. One week. So by Friday, report back. Let us know who you've told, what you've been doing, all that wonderful goodness. Again, at the Coppin Show, at the Padoni Show. We have a crap ton of stuff to get into. So we're going to talk the Second Amendment. We're going to talk the GOP. We're going to talk inflation. But before we do that, um, speaking of inflation a little bit, this, this is kind of tied towards it. But... Um, the other buzzword around the economy is recession, right, Pat? Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, though, but inflation comes before recession, usually, correct? Usually. In what indices could we use to, to take a look and tell us that we might be headed for something economically bad? Things like the what consumer price index. Um, we could look at uh, GDP growth or lack thereof. We could look at a number of things. But me being the data nerd that I am, one of the things that you have to look at is what is the the monetary supply telling us? Right? Yeah. I mean, th- th- that would make sense. And what do we know about the monetary supply here? 
Well, we know that we've been printing money like it's going out of style. We've talked about it. 95% of all money ever printed in the history of the United States of America was printed in the last, what, two and a half years? Three years? Something like that, yeah. It's almost 97% now if you take the three-year span. That's bad. But another quick way of knowing this and, and taking a look at this is how do people feel about alternative currencies? And we're specifically talking like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, all sorts of wonderful goodness in the cryptocurrency um, sphere. But you know things are going to get bad here when not only have we seen an absolute cratering. Like I've lost probably well over 50% of what I had invested. It, but I haven't actually lost it because I haven't taken it away. All on paper, I have lost 50%. But as of today, this morning, um, at least two of the three major um, cryptocurrency exchanges and uh, places that people use to buy, sell, and trade uh, cryptocurrency, uh, Beance, and I think the, I uh, cannot remember the other one off the top of my head, but they have announced that they are temporarily halting withdrawals and transfers inside their business model why that only happens when one thing is going on pat can you take a wild swing at that what, what that one thing might be does it have to do with heading towards a recession type of deal it has to do when people are making a massive run on cash and we saw uh, this with robin hood a little bit because remember when we had the the whole like um, what was it? Not Blockbuster, but um, GameStop, GameStop um, mm -hmm. gate or whatever. Right. Right. But here's the reality. Most of these places don't carry cash on hand at a level that anyone. So, like, let, let's let's break it outside of cryptocurrency. Right. If you went to your bank today and asked them to and you had a million dollars in the bank. And said, I need my million dollars back. You know what the bank is going to do? Laugh at me. Laugh at you. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have a million dollars in cash on hand. They don't. You might be able to get a you know $100,000, something of that nature, out of there. Now, imagine every single person, just like in the 1930s, right? Black Friday and, and, and the run on money that happened afterwards, right? And suddenly the banks don't have it. See, again, your FDIC insured up to what? $100,000 on your current bank account. So if you ever put $100,000 or more than $100,000 into your bank account, into a single bank account, you'd be dumb. You ain't getting it. It just disappears. So it's the same concept with these companies, right? They're not going to keep every dollar it's not a dollar for dollar situation right that that cryptocurrency money is moving around and circulating through the cryptocurrency marketplaces and it's being used for institutional investing and in all of that sort of stuff right so in order to stem the tide of a run what do you do you shut down the ability for people to transfer or withdrawal uh withdraw uh massive amounts of money that's how you stop a run 
And that's what we're seeing right now. In fact, let me pull up uh let me pull up my cryptocurrency account as we're uh as we're speaking here, Pat. Um now I have gained money since I looked at it this morning. But at one point in time this morning, early this morning, Pat, cryptocurrency Bitcoin was down to just under twenty-four thousand uh, dollars a Bitcoin. Now it is since increased to just over $24,000. Still way down for where many of us were purchasing it at. Still way down. Like I said, my the run on, on this stuff has been amazing. I'm probably down 60%. So people are doing what? They're rushing to take the, the that big institutional money that they might have invested, right? Let, let's say they invested $10,000 in in, uh, in cryptocurrency, you know, five, six years ago, right? Five, six years ago, if you would have invested $10,000, you're probably a multimillionaire on paper. But if you kept it in and you've let it ride, now you've lost 50% of that value potentially. Are you taking that big chunk of change out of there to allow yourself to ride it out and then reinvest it at 24000 Probably. That's what I would do. That's what I would advise my, my big-time clients to do if I had them. Take the, take the cash out, withdraw it. Yes, you've lost 50%. Put it right back in. But they just don't have the physical money to be able to transfer that that quickly. They don't have it. We are basically seeing the 1930s run on the banks happening in the world of cryptocurrency. And one of the things that I found really weird about cryptocurrency over the course of the past year and a half, Pat, especially, this is supposed to be an alternative marketplace, right? This is supposed right. to exist in a alternative universe compared to the institutional banking or or cash marketplaces right right so why is it following every single investing trend of of the stock market and regular money shouldn't this be its own marketplace isn't the point or wasn't the point of cryptocurrency at least the way that it was sold to the masses as not just a hedge against against a run on money or whatever or an alternative it was supposed to be different it was supposed to exist in its own sphere but every time we see something happening in the quote unquote broader economy we see the same thing mimicked in cryptocurrency I, am i missing something because no, uh, last time I checked, Pat, by the way, before you answer that, what did the Dow Jones Industrial Average do over the past two business days? It decreased by over 1,200 points. Right. So I, I, I just I, I have one question here. Is that bad? It's bad on multiple levels, right? Right. It's bad because, well, that sucks that your money is kind of worthless at this point, right? Right. And it equally sucks because it turns out that this is just another, this has been so tied to the regular economy that it has gone so far off the rails of what it should have been, right? And why? 
because you've got your Goldman Sachs, you've got your institutional investors, not just dipping their hands in into the into the pool, right? Not just wading into the pool, but they're just cannonballing into the cryptocurrency marketplace, and they're treating it exactly the same because their ebbs and flows, right? They saw this as a winner, you know, four, five, six years ago, right? right. Now, now it's not a winner for them. They need to dump, 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 and that's why. Uh, Beants and you know all these other places. I think Cellulus is another one, or Celsius is another one. Um, Coinbase, I haven't seen if they've done anything quite yet. Um, that's another big one. What the point of this is is that has cryptocurrency gone so far off of its its um its platform, if you will, right? Its base. Has it gone so far off of what it was supposed to be that it's just the same as regular money and same as regular investing? It shouldn't be. It should be tied to its own ecosystem. Because here's the reality, right? Most people are not using cryptocurrency as anything other than a bet at this point. They're not using right, right. it to interact and trade and and uh, use it for um, paying for groceries or paying for a night out or whatever have you. It is not that common of a practice. I don't see people paying in Bitcoin for a it's, movie ticket. Right. It's it's an investment that that they're making to try to try to make some money. Right. So it's not a true alternative economy. It's just right. another marketplace. And that's that's not what it was supposed to have been. No. So what do you do? For all of those who have bet on Bitcoin to be that alternative, right? That that hedge against Venezuela, right? The the Venezuelan, if you will, of America, right? Where we just print our way into absolute worthless currency. Right. Where your $100 is worth a cent, right? What do you do if you see that alternative not become an alternative where it's just the same situation? I don't know the answer to that. I think it's you have to pay attention. My advice would be to to actually invest right now because it's down what two thirds of its value. From its height, what was it at somewhere? It was somewhere in the 60s, 70s, you know, 60,000, 70,000. So if you got a little bit of money, go ahead and put it in. But I would not advise you to to do anything drastic right now. Here, here's my thing, because I have I, I'm not in Bitcoin. I, I have thought many times of getting into cryptocurrency and and putting some money into that because mm-hmm. it, it looks like a great way to invest some money and also make some money. However, it's been extremely volatile, and if we're looking at it right now, yeah, now now might be a good time to put some money in because it's down from where it was. But here's here's the question I, I, I always ask is, if I invest right now, given the state of the economy and given where I think things are headed, am I going to increase my value or am I going to lose my ass? It, well, so it depends on what your goal is, right? Is your goal short-term, long-term? What is it, Right. And we could go through all of those things. You have to think through right. that for yourself. I'm not saying that. I am simply just saying that 
given the state of where cryptocurrency is now, putting money in now is a greater value than it was six, eight, 10, you know, 12 months ago, two years ago, three years ago, six years ago. Right. You're, you're at a much better position to be able to strengthen your position if Bitcoin itself becomes a true alternative. And, and, it's, and, and here's what here's my point in in all of this, Pat. Bitcoin was created as an alternative economy, a way for people to peer to peer pay each other. Right. Anonymity. It was created for all of those things. But now they have allowed institutionalized investments to basically put it right back into the regular economy. And that's the issue. No longer is Bitcoin the safe haven for issues like this, right? Because it was supposed to be something that was stable in terms of its ability to, hey, if I've got a Bitcoin, it's a Bitcoin, right? Right. What does that mean anymore? Right? Because we've so tied it to a regular dollar amount. We've treated it like a stock when we should have been treating it like a way for us to, in inflationary times and in issues where we're seeing with our government printing money like it's going out of style, that this is a way for those of us who don't want to participate in that to have that safe haven. And it's no longer the case. And they screwed it up. All for what? All for what? And I don't know that you can ever get it, put that genie back in the bottle, so to speak. So probably not. All of that to say, happy Monday, everybody. Inflation and money dumping and devaluing of currency and your cryptocurrency is here to stay. Oh wait, that's not fun. No, um, let me let me ask this really quick before we move on. If you were going to invest in Bitcoin right now, I mean. My logic would be is if I were going to do it now, you would want to be doing it for the sake of the long game, not the short game. You could be doing it for both. For instance, you could. for instance, let's say mm. you put, let's say you put a thousand dollars this morning on okay. Bitcoin, right at yeah. six o'clock a.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Yeah. Okay. You put a thousand dollars on Bitcoin. It is now increased by almost a thousand dollars as I sit here. You've doubled your money. Sure. You could, okay. it's, in theory, you could be able to take it out right now, right? Right. So it, it really depends on what your goal is, right? Like if you know that, hey, this is a nice short-term play for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull that extra thousand dollars that I got out of it, out of it. Great. You know, uh, it, it's just one of those things that that you have to take a look at, and what a lot of people and in the scary part is that we're seeing these institutions that house our cryptocurrency going, oh, uh oh, it feels like probably what people felt like in the in the bank run of the 1930s. And, and that's not fun for anybody. That's the whole point here. But let's move forward because we had a lot of stuff happen over the weekend. Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about inflation, stuff like that a little bit later. But before we do that, Pat, we have got to talk about what happened over the weekend because... Just when you think the GOP cannot stab you in the back any harder than they do every other day of the week, 
they come out on on Saturday. Not Sunday. Saturday. In the middle of the day, by the way, on Saturday, and and tell the American public, oh, by the way, we have a bipartisan gun control bill. I don't know about you, Pat, but uh, when I hear the words bipartisan in the United States Congress these days, or in the Senate, especially in the Senate, I'm about to get screwed and screwed hard. That, that's my yeah. first thought. Yeah. Um, by the way, just to, to clarify, um, other than the Democrats, uh, who hates you more? Oh, I'm going to get into that, Pat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm going to get into that. But over the course of the weekend, we had this, Pat. And, and this was um, yesterday, not Saturday. Sorry. But um, there's supposedly nine points of focus in this uh, compromise bill because um, they're the uh, adults in the room. If you can't tell, this is going to be a bunch of hooey. But their first point, support for state crisis intervention orders, provides resources to states and tribes to create and administer, uh, wait for this, Pat, Laws that help ensure deadly weapons are kept out of the hands of individuals whom a court has determined to be a significant danger to themselves or others consistent with state and federal due process and constitutional protections. Huh? You, you mean like the 5150 laws or the uh, the other laws that we've talked about that exist in, wait for this, Pat, all 50 states and six United States territories. There is not a single law, uh, a single state, a single territory in which a law doesn't exist that would be able to take those that are imminent actual threats to themselves or others take their guns away. It just so happens that, again, red flag laws are about inverting your constitutional rights. That's all a red flag law is. Isn't this basically the same thing? No. No, it's saying that they're going to give resources to administer and create laws that help ensure deadly weapons are kept out of the hands, but consistent with state and federal due process and constitutional protection protections. The, what, so we're off to this rip roaring start of, wait a second, they're going to create more and then administer more laws. There's already a law on the books here in Illinois, over there in Utah, in which somebody who really is a danger, they just don't want to use the tools in their toolbox. They want to take away your constitutional rights. Point blank, whether that is as far as taking away your Second Amendment right or your due process rights. Either way, they want to remove the barriers for their control. This is the goal. Okay? This is the goal of people like John Cornyn. By the way, people like Chuck Grassley. Why do we need the federal government to provide resources to create and administrate laws that are already on the books. If you refuse to enforce, refuse to use the tools in your toolbox, that is not a me problem, that is a you problem. But their second point, Pat, is investment in children and family mental health services. Now wait for this. National Expansion of Community Behavioral Health Center Model. 
major investments to increase access to mental health and suicide prevention programs and other support services available inside the community, including crisis and trauma intervention and recovery. Yes, Mr. Padoni. I had a major. So, like, I first of all, let me let me say this. I don't necessarily mind this point. However, this is not how you solve the gun violence problem. It th- to me, this was like saying we're going to cure cancer by curing diabetes. No, so I expand on that a little bit for me. So, I, I'm, so I'm curious about so, your thought process. Here. So, so here's the thing: I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there aren't mental health problems when it comes to gun violence. I'm not saying that I'm not even suggesting that. Okay. However, you are trying to tackle one problem by solving a completely different problem altogether. Would it, could it correlate to some degree? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I I see where you're going with this, right? Is that Mm -hmm. you're trying to solve around the edges of the overall problem. Right. Because here's the reality, right? The mass shootings that we saw in Uvalde, that we saw in, in um, was it um, whatever, Springs, um, Texas, the the shootings that we see at a, the synagogue in Pittsburgh or uh, whatever, right? Those are few and far between of the reality of the overall mass shooting gun violence problem here in America. Right. So you're you're trying to find the needle in the haystack instead of looking at the haystack in another way. Right. I understand that. My problem is actually this. If you know the history of institutionalized government community behavioral health centers, why have we gotten rid of most in this country sanitariums, let's say, right? The insane asylums, right? All of those things. Why? Because our federal government and state governments abused the living crap out of these people, used them as lab rats, treated them as second-class citizens. And, oh, by the way, they still do that today. How do we know that? You remember the the video that we played on this show? Uh, the 19-year-old who beat the tar out of a 85-year-old man who couldn't get out of bed in, in that... Um, in that nursing home in Detroit. Oh yeah, that that was a long time ago, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I do remember that. It was one during now. COVID. Right? Yeah. Notice how anybody stopped that, and that was a private business, by the way. That was not a public institution. How many cases of abuse and mistreatment of elders and mentally? Handicapped people do we see? In fact, there's a really great podcast that's out there right now that I recommend you listen to called Inside Out. It's an investigative journalistic podcast. It is not like a true crime podcast, if you will. It is actually investigative journalism. Real investigative journalism. And it it, it speaks to um, this private um, community health center, if you will. Um, these private um, group homes for people who have mental issues and are not able to live in the home or whatever have you, right? And it's a terrible, terrible story, but it also exposes terrible, ter- terrible abuse and mistreatment and all sorts of things that go on inside these types of group homes. 
So excuse me if I look at the history of the United States of America's government and its corporations and go, um, no, I don't want to expand community behavioral health center. Why do I not want to do that? Because you're going to end up mistreating the people who are on the edges of our society to begin with. And my experience and my knowledge of that these individuals is that they need specialized care, respect, love, and dignity. And until you can guarantee me that you have the, the, the resources and people in place to be able to do that without mass scale abuse, mistreatment, um, you're never going to experiment on these people. Call me crazy, but you're not going to fool me twice. That's my issue with this. Could we talk about crisis and trauma intervention and recovery and in ways to help? Absolutely, we could. But here's the rough and hard reality. You cannot save everybody. Not everybody is savable. And in those cases, we must protect our society. And the best way to do that sometimes is to lock them up. And not in a jail, but in a dignified community, right? In a dignified way. But we do a really bad job of identifying who belongs where. Yeah. So call me crazy if if the history of all of this makes me take a second guess at 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 uh, expanding the government power to take on mentally handicapped individuals. Because last I che- last time I checked, Pat, Iceland, they, they've uh, eliminated Down syndrome. What, the first place in the world to eliminate Down syndrome. You know how they did yeah. it? Do you know how they did it? Murdering every single person who was found to have Down syndrome in the womb. Yep. And I <clears throat> refuse to go there for that reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, let's continue, because they also say that we have to have protections for victims of domestic violence. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't, don't we already have that? Well, you see, convicted domestic violence abusers and individuals subject to domestic violence restraining orders are included in NICS, including those who have or have had a continuing relationship of a romantic or intimate nature. I don't, I don't disagree with this one at all. I think this is this is a really important thing. However, the issue that I do have with this is defined domestic abuse or subject to it, because I know people who are subject to these types of restraining orders all the time, and it's and because of a verbal fight or something of that that nature. So I'm supposed to have my I don't have a day in court. More importantly, this NCIS system is all about being able to background check you, right? right? So if you have been convicted or you're subject to this, you you can't buy a gun. It, so wait, so if if somebody that I'm in a partnership with and it's toxic says something about me, I get my second amendment rights taken away? Because it happens all the time. Right. I, I see it all the time. I know people who are who have never laid a hand, never raised a voice to somebody who are subject to these restraining orders. I know people and who are criminal abusers who are never called upon. Right. And, and I mean, 
the, I think the last thing, and that, that's the other problem, is like, like, like you don't want someone going all Amber Heard on you, and right, right, costing you your 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 Second Amendment rights, right, even though it, it's not even warranted. And beyond that, the other aspect of this is again, we we're speaking to what nibbling around the edges of our right. gun violence problem. We're 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 talking about domestic abuse, which is what point whatever percent. Right, like I would love to know the percentage of, of of situations. Now, is domestic abuse bad? Can it escalate to killing and gun violence? Absolutely, we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. But in a statistical reality, again, this is another needle in the haystack that you're picking out. And then they go on to say funding for school-based mental health and supportive services, investing in. Programs to expand mental health and supportive services in schools, including early identification, excuse me, early identification intervention programs and school-based mental health and wraparound services. Hmm. You mean like the uh, the the padded rooms that they put people into here in Illinois? If if you're uh, a quote unquote mental case, not to mention where's the money coming from? Well, that was going to be where I was going with all of this too. Pat is. Uh. Let's think of the funding here, and let's think of the end goal here. Is this not every Democratic priority in every election, period? They, they've been wanting to increase funding for these types of things. Why? Because it increases the administrative state, and it increases their ability to have what? Union members and thus union dollars flowing into their coffers. Follow the money. And again, funding for school safety resources, investing in programs to help institute safety measures in and around primary and secondary schools, support school violence prevention efforts, and provide training to school personnel and students. I mean, when they say training, what kind of training? Right. I I don't understand that. I mean, are, are, are we talking training in terms of like, hey, we, we have an active shooter situation, uh, Pull out, pull out your firearm and fire back. Is, is it that kind of training? Like, like tactical training? Like, like what, what training is it? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. What, what we're, I think what we're finding out in a lot of these situations is you have an active shooter situation in your school. Just locking your door and hiding under some desks doesn't always work. You have to be able to fight back somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, we look at Uvalde, Texas, and go, oh, the system failed, right? He just scaled the fence, right? Just scaled the fence. The locking mechanism failed. And, you know, this was everything that could go wrong went wrong type of a scenario I play. We already have the funding. We've already given the funding to every school that wants it, especially in the state of Texas, by the way. It is law in Texas that if you want funding and um, – and to put a safety resource officer in every school, you could do it. Right. You can choose not to, too. And that's the way it should be. You need to speak to your individual needs as a society, as a community, as a school district, and figure out what's best for you. Uh, that's the reality. Now, they're not done, too, because um, here we go, Pat. You know what's really going to – the last three of these or four of these is is going to solve at all. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> clarification of the definition of federally licensed firearm dealers. 
That will crack down on criminals who illegally evade licensing requirements. Um, what you talking about, Willis? Would, would criminals follow this anyway? I'm glad you asked that because there's still more. Mm. Oh, you know what will solve it? Telehealth investments. Investing in programs that increase access to mental and behavioral health services for youth and families in crisis via telehealth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. Again, again that, that, that's solving a whole – that's trying to solve a whole other issue. Also, Pat, if your mom and dad have um, insurance, guess what they have access to? Telehealth. Mental health. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah. They have mental health access for the entire effing family. <clears throat> and then we've got the two piece de resistances. Under 21 enhanced review processes for buyers under the age of 21 years of age requiring... They're going to require that you have an investigative period to review your juvenile and mental health records, including checks with state databases and local law enforcement. Now... Why did I tell the story of Dylan Roof the other day on this program, Pat? And excuse me, I used that guy's name. Uh, but the South Carolina shooter. Why did I tell that story? Because they went through every single thing and, by the way, went above and beyond the needed checks. With, And it still failed. Why did it fail? Because bureaucracy is dumb. Bureaucracy gives you no answers. Bureaucracy leads to human error. So, so we're going to increase the bureaucracy uh, just so that, by the way, if you're under the age of 21, because you're mentally unstable. This is the argument that I don't understand from the left and from people like John Cornyn. Uh, so you're telling me that the 18 to 21-year-old crowd is so mentally unstable that we cannot trust them to buy a weapon of their own without enhanced reviews. But hey, you go serve your country and uh, we're going to hand you an M14. That's where that's where I was going to be going with this. I'm like, like you're going to you're basically going to make everyone else that that doesn't go into the military do this. Like, or, or are you going to make everyone that goes to the military do this, too? Because like, like th that's not constitutionally sound. The logic doesn't exist there. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Go fight and die for our country, but hey, uh, you're not mentally stable enough to possibly potentially own a handgun. Let's, let's, let's wait a little bit. What? And then finally, this is the one. This will solve it all, Pat. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Penalties for straw purchases. <clears throat> cracks down on criminals who illegally straw purchase and traffic guns. Mm, okay, this is this is this is how dumb our mm -hmm. government is. Crack down on criminals who illegally stop right there. Just you don't even know, need to go any further. Criminals do illegal stuff. They don't care about what laws you put on the freaking books. They're going to do this crap anyway. That's what makes them. Gee, I don't know. Criminal. Also, Pat, so we're going to further criminalize an already criminal activity. Duh. 
How many times are you going to criminalize straw purchasing? Just out of curiosity. And, and, and this is the thing that bothers me on this. This disqualifies this for, from passage in my, in my view, because you be so dumb for real. So dumb. Lori Lightfoot, excuse me, Beetlejuice, uh, the, the mayor here in Chicago has talked about this magical straw purchasing of guns and illegal trafficking of guns from Indiana and Mississippi mostly. Why? And they're used in all sorts of criminal activity here in all the murders and all this and all that. Uh, so why not? I don't know crack down on the people doing it why not go after the people who are illegally trafficking because it's already hear me out pat illegal yeah. this activity is already 100 percent illegal for instance here in the state of illinois pat you have to register for a foid card a firearm um Operator identification card or whatever. It's FOIA'd, right? You have to do that. You have to apply for it in order to own a gun, period, point blank, here in the state of Illinois, okay? If I were to buy a gun, hand it to my wife, I'm in the same house. She doesn't have her FOIA'd card. Now, she applied for it, didn't get it, simply because she was in the middle of changing her last name, you know, because apparently they can't figure that out. Because again, bureaucracy be so dumb for dumb for so real. But if I were to do that, I just illegally straw purchased a gun. I am federally, I could be federally tried. Why? Because my wife, I bought the gun for my wife who doesn't have a legal right to own a gun in the state of Illinois. That is a violation of federal law. I would be a criminal at that point in time, right? Now you can talk about how you could walk down the street and be a criminal, right? All you want. And that that's kind of the libertarian thing, right? But why are we making something that's already illegal more illegal? What, what, what roadblocks are you putting in place that would make this stop? I mean, how do you make something that's already illegal more illegal? That that how? just seems like an oxymoron. Increase the penalties? Yeah, I are, guess. You, are you going to have the ATF go after these people, except for then they're going to do what? Fast and Furious your guns? Remember that? Remember? Oh, that was that was, that was right. That was under Joe Biden and, and um, Barack was Obama. Oh, Barack Obama's what? Oh, Eric Holder. But, but they were... Um, those were Democrats, Pat. Yep. And, and and they're all for gun control, except for when those guns are used to help go against what? The uh the criminal syndicates and cartels in, in Mexico. And then, oh wait, used to kill federal agents. Oh. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, who pray um, tell could have seen that coming? Now, who what might you guess was um Part of the group that came up with this, Pat. Well, see, I was I was actually going to offer to read those names, but um, 
unfortunately, I'm I'm gonna go with this because so I uh, iPad only hereby apologize to the rest of the United States of America for the the state of Utah's doing and putting someone like Mitt Romney into power because Mitt Romney is one of the people that is included on supporting this bill. Now, tell me if you smell a, a theme coming because I'm about to name them all. Ready? Yeah. Chris Murphy, Connecticut. John Cornyn, Texas. Tom Tillis, North Carolina. Kirsten Cinema, Arizona. Richard Blumenthal, Connecticut. Roy Blunt, Missouri. Cory Booker, New Jersey. Uh, Richard Burr, North Carolina. Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. Susan Collins from Maine. Chris Coons from Delaware. Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Martin Heinrich uh, from New Mexico. Mark Kelly from Arizona. Angus King from Maine. Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Rob Portman from Ohio. Mitt Romney from Utah. Deb Standenow from Michigan. Or Stabenow or uh, Electric Vehicle because I'm smarter than you. And then Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania. Now, I, I'm holding up how many fingers here, Pat? That, that'd be 10. That stands for the 10 Republicans that support this, that put this together. And literally, this is the rhinos of the rhinos. Rob Portman, Tat, Pat Toomey, Mitt Romney, John Cornyn, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, and Lindsey Graham. Can you think of anybody else in the Senate that is more rhino than these these individuals? None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. And they wouldn't have put this this together without the backing of the ultimate. I don't care about your Second Amendment rights, individual. Ditch Mitch McConnell. Cocaine Mitch. I guarantee you he's given that rubber stamp. But all of these things, by the way, we, we want your constitutional rights protected, except for that one constitutional right that we're trying to take away. Right. Say what? By the way, this is a good list of people of uh, who to vote on in their next respective elections. Just, just throwing that out there. But is it, Pat? Um, well, I mean, Matt Romney's definitely one. For whom? In in you mean in, in like who takes his spot? Yeah. Um, hopefully somebody that's not this crazy. You know, we'd have to vet that person. But oh, yeah. You mean like you we know, vetted an election? You mean like we vetted Mitt Romney? You mean like we vetted all of sure. these other individuals over the last thirty years? But but here's the thing. Why would why would you keep him in office if he's going to violate? If these people are going to violate your constitutional rights, why would you keep them in office? Because the next person. And here's the rub. We have to stop with this. We have to stop with this idea. Just vote them out. Vote somebody new. No, the answer is not voting. I'm done with this. The answer is not to vote this new person in. Vote this person in. Vote that person in. Hell no. The answer is not that. How many times are we going to go through this as a society? I am so sick and tired of this. These are the 10 Republicans who are conspiring with the other side of this, okay, to do what? 
stab around the edges of the Second Amendment so that eventually those same people, because here's the rub, these people want your Second Amendment rights gone. All 10 of them, they don't give a shit about your Second Amendment rights. They don't. If they had their druthers, and this is why I talked about this when you were gone, Michael Ian Black, he is a he is a comedian, he's an actor, you probably have seen him. He just flippantly came out and said it. I want to I want to repeal the second amendment. Awesome. Great. Let's have that debate, right? These individuals are chipping away at your rights and if they had their druthers, you wouldn't have them. Voting them out does nothing. Absolutely nothing because the people that are coming in behind them are the same bullshit Republicans that we have been electing for 35 years. Hear me out on this. Hear me out on this, Pat. These Republicans conspired to have your Second Amendment rights taken away because they're couching it. You're crazy. You're crazy. We're going to define what crazy is, right? How are you going to define that? What is the line of crazy in which your Second Amendment rights get to be taken away? Because what have we seen with Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? We've seen clinical psychologists. We've seen doctors. We've seen all sorts of sociologists. We've seen people that can do what? Quote, unquote, expertly testify in a court of law. To do what? Now, now that 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 group of people who have radical anti Second Amendment views get to do what? Stand in in front of a judge and say that person's crazy. Take away their rights. That's what these ten Republicans are handing to the other side. You get to now. We're gonna hand the bureaucracy a way to do what? Take away a right. Again, the needle in the haystack. They don't want to deal with the actual inner city gun violence in the the mass shootings that happen almost every weekend in the city like Chicago or Baltimore or Ica City. They don't want to deal with it. To deal with the problem is to discover the root issues. And they don't want to do that. These are the pe- so they're going to call you crazy. Right? These people will call you crazy to take away your Second Amendment rights because they want to control you. And here's the rub. The people like Mitt Romney, the people like Richard Burr, Roy Blunt, Tom Tillis, John Cornyn, they think you're crazy. They hate you. And to just replace them with another person who's going to hate you is not the answer. But but uh, another Mike Lee. That's the needle in the haystack. For every Mike Lee, there's a Tom Cotton. Right? For right. every Mike Lee, there's a there's an Adam Kinzinger. For every Mike Lee or for every um, um, Rand Paul, for every Chip Roy, there's 10 of them. 
And guess how many times we've been fooled into believing I'm not them, only to have them turn into them. How many times do we have to go through this? How many times do we have to realize that voting is not the answer? Here's the reality. And we talked about this off air, Pat, and I'm going to get into this. This is a perfect example of this. If we just if we just vote for Trump again, all things will go all hail Trump and everything will be great, grand, freaking wonderful again. And this dovetails into the next topic here. Inflation. Who in the hell do you think helped to create the inflationary problem that exists right now in the recession that we are about to see in front of us? Who the hell do you think helped cause it? His name is Donald John John Trump. Trump. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he bought into Deborah Burks, Anthony, excuse me, our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. He bought into their lies. He bought into the lies of the economic people who told them, if we just shut the economy down and spend our way through the next month or two months, right? If we just shut the shut the shit down, right? Just shut it down. We'll be okay if we just hand them checks and give them trillions and trillions of dollars of, of quote-unquote free government money. See, we're going to shut you down as a business, and we're going to pay you through PPP money. And then, by the way, you're going to have to pay us back on that, except for nobody actually wants to work for the bullcrap oh, that they're going to have to go through and all the hoops that the government is going to make them jump through just to work a minimum wage job, right? Right. Who set us up? Because here's the thing, right, Pat? How does inflation happen? Inflation is pure monetary policy. It doesn't right. happen because the price of a good increases. It happens because the uh, the volume of money that is out in there has not been constricted as the rest of the economy is constricting or whatever. It is all monetarily related. It is not tied to how much money you or I aren't or are spending. Not at all. That is not inflation. That is recession versus boom or bust, right? Right. Who the hell started the problem? I mean, Donald it, John it, Trump it, and the Republican Party. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. Trump didn't change his tune on any of this until it became politically expedient for him to do so. He didn't change his tune on this until his base was about to turn their backs on him. And suddenly... We went from, oh my God, Operation Warp Speed. Every every Trump forever, MAGA forever person, Operation Warp Speed is the greatest thing in the in the world. To, I, I, no, I don't, I don't, no, I'm not taking the jab. And and screw you, Trump. Screw you, Trump. Right? That's how the hell that happened. Right? And then suddenly Trump was was not singing the everybody get vaccinated tune all the time, right? Like he was. Right. And, and this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Look how great everything is, right? October of 2020, things look very different than October of 2021, let alone what's about to come in October of 2022. Now, 
can the consumer price index, right, which is what people usually use for inflation, right, the the 8.6 number, right? Well, I was reading an article in Reason this weekend, and it talked about the actual real inflationary number having decreased for the first time in over a year and a half. The actual real inflation number, not the consumer price index, because here's, here's the thing that the consumer price index doesn't tell you. And this is why I think it's important, right? It doesn't tell you if the issue is monetary or consumer spending. For instance, is the CPI tied to the fact that the price of a gallon of milk or the price of gas has skyrocketed 30, 40%, right? Doesn't tell you that. Doesn't, no, doesn't tell you if that, that number is 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 an indicacy of um, the increase in your interest rate on your home which would be a monetary supply issue. It has no way to decipher between those two. It is just a literal raw number. And, and I'm having this battle internally with um, with the National Association of Realtors uh, when it comes to talking about months of supply. It, it is a totally bullshit arbitrary number, just like the consumer price index is. It's a totally bullshit number. All it tells you is what 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 the cost of a good is to you. There are a number of factors that go into that. Least of which, by the way, is whether or not the monetary supply is healthy or not. Least of which. Most of it is related to the cost of making the good, the cost of shipping the good, the cost of getting it into the store, and the cost to you, the consumer, right? How do you you feel about that product? Are you willing to buy it or not? Here's a great, great example of this, Pat. Do you think Russia has gotten richer or poorer since its start of the war in Ukraine? When it comes to I mean, when it comes to its ability to um, harness its energy power, do you think it got richer or poorer? I mean, I mean, log- logic would say probably poorer, considering how things are going, but. If I'm looking at it from that perspective, it, it, it's probably richer. Well, guess what? Mm. They are now making more money today off of their oil, right? Their their crude oil, right? The, the, they are making more money per barrel than they were before the Ukrainian war. That's right. Before we put the embargoes and all the things that we put on them. They're charging more per barrel and making more money than they were before. And oh, by the way, producing more. The only way that you can do that is if you're selling a bleep ton of your uh, of your crude oil, right? Right. So I, I'm using that as the example of your CPI, your inflationary numbers, your your control from government doesn't really tell the full story of inflation. So, why do I bring that up? I bring this up side by side because what are the Republicans running on right now? Joe Biden's economy sucks. Joe Biden sucks. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And it's all true, right? This economy is awful right now if you're right. a consumer, right? Your ability to travel, your ability to, I don't know, you have to make day-to-day decisions as to whether or not you're going to go somewhere. Like, for instance, my wife and I, we would love to go visit my my mom. My mom lives about six and a half hours away. 
I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that because it's six dollars a gallon for gas. That's the reality. I would love to go and hang out in the North Woods of Wisconsin. Love it. Go sit down by the lake and hang out and have a good time, right? Right. Get away from it. Put the phone away. Especially now with with it, with the weather being nicer. Yeah, it was actually warmer up there than it was here yesterday. I ain't doing that when I'm paying $6 a gallon for gas. No. Not happening. It's just not. That's not a worthwhile use of my money and my my time and my investment. When I need it to travel, to meet buyers and sellers and all that sort of stuff, right? For work and everything else, right? The We are now making these cost-benefit decisions, right? When it comes right. to our economic buying power. What are the Republicans going to do about it? Because the history of the Republicans shows what? They'll stab you right back in the back the second you vote them in. And what do I mean by that? It's exactly what I talked about. Donald John Trump is the one who started us down this road. Because he controlled the monetary supply of money. He controlled it. And he did it wrong. You can, it turns out, Pat, that modern monetary theory exists in both the Republican and the Democratic Party. And we have talked about modern monetary theory at play for the past two years. We have talked about it. That is modern monetary theory, that government can just print its way out of whatever problem exists. And we'll be able to figure it out on the backside as long as employment stays good and, and the other side of the economy stays good. It turns out that uh, shitty monetary policy in a shitty economy turns into real shit. And what yeah. is what is the Republican... We had Elise Stefanik get on this weekend, uh, one of the Sunday shows, and the second priority of the Republican Party is going to be to limit spending and rein in spending. Oh! It's because they've been doing this bullshit for how long? Where they they'll, they'll run on that, and then they'll have some of the the record breaking spending bills come through Congress. So, no, no, I don't believe that for a second. That is absolute bullshit. The number two thing that Republicans could do to stop inflation would be to rein in spending. The, we're some of the biggest spenders. How many how many omnibus bills? Happened under Trump, by the way. Were, right. Were, were Every single year. Every, Every single, single year. year, if not twice a year, by the way. Uh, we just got done talking about a $2.5 trillion increase in our federal, uh, um, in the debt ceiling, right? That'll get us eight months. $2.5 trillion gets us eight months. The Republican Party doesn't get it. Neither does the Democratic Party. So voting, this this is why, I'm, and I'm sorry that I went off a little bit, but I, this bothers me to no end. Well, if we just vote Mitt Romney, what's going to change? What, what exactly is going to change? You're going to get the different side of the same coin. Here's the reality. The GOP, the people in D.C., the movers and shakers, they hate you the same as Democrats hate you. They do. They see you as a useful idiot for their power. That's what they see you as. 
I think the GOP might hit you more than the Democrats do at times. If they didn't hate you, they would have a plan to present to you, not just Joe Biden sucks. And yeah, that's the reality. Biden's economy, it's not Biden's economy. It is the decisions of Janet Yellen and the Federal Reserve and all of the other people that have surrounded Joe Biden. It's not his economy. It's the decision making of these people. Because we're well, we're talking about, by the way, if we take a look at like what Larry Kudlow has said in the past few days, we're talking mm-hmm. about a, a double dip on one percent increase on the Federal Reserve interest rates. So right now, I think the the interest rates about one and a half percent from the Federal Reserve, right? Uh-huh. And what is that designed to do? Constrict the money supply, right? Because the more that you um, increase the the cost to borrow money from the Federal Reserve the less money is being flow flown through the economy. We're going to have four to five percent federal reserve um, interest rates. What do you, what the hell do you think that's going to do to the rest of the economy right now? It turns out that Larry Kudlow was right. They should have been doing this as soon as they started flooding the economy with um, monopoly money in just in, um, April and in May of 2020, that that's when they should have been raising this. Because every time that they pass this, right, a trillion dollars here, 300 billion here, 400 billion dollars here, right? If they just would have tweaked it by a quarter of a percent or an eighth of a, of a percent here or there, right? They could have constricted the money supply enough to kind of buttress what they were doing. Instead, again, this was under Trump. They didn't want to do it. The Federal Reserve under Trump didn't want to do their job. These people hate you. So what's the solution? Here's the solution. Stop worrying about what government will or won't do. Stop stop worrying about whom you're going to vote for to put in Congress and start doing for yourself. That's the reality. We have to make them less powerful. So my answer to that would be, unless you know that person to be a Rand Paul or a Mike Lee, right? Unless you absolutely know it, not that they're going to they're gonna talk the talk, but they've walked the walk, whether that's in their real life prior to this. And by the way, if they've only spent their real life in politics, no, 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 bueno, no, thank you. See you later, right? And by the way, that's not to say that Mike Lee and Rand Paul aren't fallible. They've certainly made course, their fair share of course. mistakes. There's, there's ways and, to disagree with these individuals all you want. Right. But by and large, their goal is to do what? Limit government's power over you and make you powerful over the government. We have to invert the relationship. That is the only way out of this. But on that note, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And just in general, government sucks. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.